We all know it's important to buy local and support local farmers. But how do you know you're buying local? Look for this Fresh from Florida logo. No one can see that on the radio. But this is streaming radio. If you're listening behind 27 windows or tabs, click on your streaming app. We'll wait a second. That's it. The warm sun, green farmlands, and blue waters of Florida. Now take a screenshot and use it to remind you to buy Fresh from Florida. Learn more at followfreshfromflorida.com. At TrueLeave, we're going all out for 420. Stop in for amazing deals on all your favorite products. Flour, gummies, concentrates, tinctures, topicals, and more. Different deals every day, even on TrueLeave's premium products that we never discount. And it all culminates in an all-day door-busting sale on 420. Don't miss out on TrueLeave's best prices ever on all types of cannabis for all types of people. Because it's not 420 for some, it's 420 for all. Shop now at TrueLeave.com. Yes, hi, hello. My name is uh, codename Jefferson Tillamook-Slinger, former Illuminati cloning lab manager and current member of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm here to tell you about our special GoFundMe link to help us get to uh, Ravioli, Finland in order to meet with our friend Judo Kevorkian and track down the Lovecraftian titan known as Santa the Claus. We're still wrestling Illuminati Gators, but we're, you you know, trying to branch out, you know, so go to tippypatson.edu.com forward slash backslash dot gov and find our GoFundMe link and you can also purchase some of the dolphin glue head gel that we've made with our friend Silverback Commando. Uh, remember kids, do school and uh, stay in drugs. I mean, that's what the bathrooms are for anyway. Uh, get in there with your hall pass, do a line of blow, you know, maybe pound off and have a cigarette and then get your ass back to classy rap scallion. All right. I, I think that's it for now. Goodbye. Broadcasting from Daytona Beach, Florida. <laughs> Broadcasting from Daytona Beach, Florida. This is Lighting the Void. I'm your host, Joe Roop. And tonight we have Anthony Tyler on. I want to say real quick, got to do some shout outs. Go to thefringe.fm. I want to thank a couple of, like all of our partners, I want to thank to our promotional partners. So, you know, Mary Ducina, uh, Melanie Grubbs, Gennari's Crystal Creations, uh, all of these new partners that have uh, come onto the station. And I can't wait to talk to them, too. And um, you can check out the uh, radio show at lightingthevoid.com and the membership site at uh, joeroop.com and all of these things have expenses so if you can donate to the station that would be great or if you want to promote your podcast or do a show or promote your service or business you can do that with us too as long as you're not trying to sell boner pills or something stupid i think we'll be able to like get along you know so uh anthony tyler's here with us from divemind.net is a good friend of mine and we uh, we're going to do this music show last week because I was like, I had this idea, bro. Like nobody's, we're all talking and stuff and I like talking. So I want to mm-hmm. talk to people, but then like pick their brain about the music they like too, you know? So, and, uh, oh, these, these league of extraordinary gentlemen, I've been saving these commercials specifically, uh, for this show. Now they'll be on the station after this, but that's my favorite one. Uh, Jefferson Tillema. 
Is it Tillamook? <laughs> yeah, Jefferson Tillamook Slinger. Tillamook Slinger. What the hell yeah. does Tillamook? I don't even want to know, oh, man. One word. It's because he um um to make an extra buck, he sells expired Tillamook products because his family works at a Tillamook factory in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. I, I don't yeah, want to. <laughs> it's a very logical answer, Joe. Yeah. yeah. How how could you not know? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't want any. Like, I'm not judging or anything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's fine, right? No, it so. all makes it all makes perfect sense. You just don't think about it too much. Thank you for having me on the show, though, man. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I find it like, so I, I can't. I want to do a show like four nights a week, but I, I'm getting into music too. And even when I do music shows, I like to talk a lot. But um, I am curious, dude. When you pick someone's brain, we could talk about all kinds of things. But when when a person tells you like what songs to play, then you can really pick their brain because it's like, <laughs> oh, why did you choose that song? You know. Um, so I'm kind of. We'll do that here in a minute too. But I want um, everybody Looking to know. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man, and I want everybody to like know, like, let everybody know what you've been up to lately, because people are following you, keeping up with you, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with Anthony. Well, what would you like to know, good sir? How's how's life? How's work? Uh not bad, man. I'm slinging that medical weed over the counter, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I've recently um. Um, a documentary that I was in, a UFO documentary that yeah. I featured in, was released. Uh, you can check that out. It was produced and completely created from the ground up by the dudes over at the uh, Mind Escape podcast, uh, Mike and Maurice. Um, I've been on their show many times. You've talked to them, uh, at least Mike, uh, uh, once or twice, Joe. Um, they're real great people, very uh, fun and open-minded, but skeptical and, you know, pretty hard nosed when it comes to, um, you know, trying to sift through the bullshit, um, especially when it comes to things like ufology. Um, so the, in the documentary is, is a, a psychedelic angle, you know, people, uh, listeners of your show will be pretty familiar with the concept. I'm sure of the just more non-physical, you know, it's not to say that, uh, UFOs, it opens up a whole cornucopia right out the gate. So I guess we could just talk about that for a second. We've brought it up. Um, I've been on your show many times, so I know we brought it up at least once. But, you know, the sort of Jacques Vallée, John Keel, um, uh, psychedelic, paranormal-inspired idea of the UFO, uh, the Jungian motif, like uh, Jung, that was, I believe, his final work was he wrote about the UFO in uh, Jungian psychoanalysis and – um, there's a few things like basically if you, if you're going to take out, uh, government propaganda, um, charlatans and mental illness, even if you were able to completely separate all that, you still find like a whole hell of a lot, um, in the subject of ufology. And what that all circles back to is things like dream states, trance states and psychedelia. And, um, that's still something that is uh we haven't fully unpacked and and i mean it, for anybody that's done any sort of looking into unexplainable phenomena um you know if you're open minded at all um and you've looked into enough of the data like at this point i'm certainly convinced that physical things can come from non-physical uh 
causes, you know, like sure, whatever too, it be. Yeah. 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 yeah and, uh, and so if that can happen with something like a poltergeist, for example, um, then why not a UFO? And, and so, and, and, and if that's the case, then what does it represent? And why is it that so many people see, uh, UFOs and just different entities in general, but especially UFOs on psychedelics, um, with a bit of an emphasis in the documentary on DMT, but psychedelics overall. Um, and, you know, it's an open-minded, philosophical, but empirical documentary, uh, just kind of exploring um, if these things aren't particularly nuts and bolts, then what are they? And, you know, the sentience, like, it, are they actual beings on the other side? Is up for you to decide. Um, I actually haven't seen the documentary yet. I'm going to probably tomorrow night, I think. Um, but it won the People's Choice Award at the UFO Expo in Roswell, where it debuted um, over between the, the 10th and the 12th of uh, March this month. So, nice. um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, seems to be going over very well. And it's got some really impressive guests. You know, I'm happy to be on there. Um, and share some of my experiences and research. But, um, you know, I'll let me rattle off a quick list here. Like uh, Dr. Rick Strassman, you know, Dr. DMT himself, um, the guy who did the first clinical trials with DMT is in the documentary. Um, R.N. Voot, you've had him on the show before. Yeah, I like R.N. Uh, Voot. Yeah. Yeah. A ancient research into uh, DMT and psychedelics. Uh, P.D. Newman, uh, the guy who wrote, has written uh, different um, books about um psychedelic psychedelic chemicals uh, including cannabis um, i think i've had him like, on too masonic yeah. tradition it yeah, wouldn't yeah. surprise me i know you've at least crossed paths with him yeah but his most recent book was angels in vermilion which is a book that promotes uh makes the strong case for john d and edward kelly using like not just like drinking it but actually smoking dmt um to create the Anakian magical system Oh, so. that's, yeah. So I think I've, dude, if I haven't talked to that guy, I'd like to talk to him again. You really you should. Know. So check this out. As a side note, I want to uh, give a shout out to a couple more people in the documentary, but um, PD Newman actually sent me recently um, an ounce of um, pure Aztec tobacco in the mail. Like um, this, and this stuff is like, you can't buy it on the market anymore i don't know where he got it i don't know if he grew it but that it's like the old school tobacco where it's like five times as strong like that like old school peace pipe stuff man that was fantastic if anyone likes actual like fine tobacco you got to check that out he really hooked me up but um <laughs> um it was really good but there's other people on there like um dr andrew gallimore he's a guy who is involved with psychedelic um, um clinical studies and He's involved with some of the research making the uh, the pharmaceutical like DMT pill. Um, <clears throat> and there's a bunch of other people in there. So um, Martin Ferretti, my friend um, from the podcast, The Alchemical Mind, um, and on and on. So go check that out. You can go to the Mind Escape Patreon. That's where you can see it initially. I, I believe they're working on getting it um, on other platforms. But if you, you if you subscribe to their Patreon – uh, you'll get that and like a whole hell of a lot more content. So I highly recommend it. Cool. Cool, brother. I, I think this is a good, this is good news for you, man. You know, I think it's, I think it is like, it's, um, to be on I a can honestly say, yeah, documentary to be cool. in a documentary with people like this, like a, a documentary alone of this sort of, uh, mindset 
is humbling to be a part of. But the fact that it debuted at a, a conference in Roswell and has so many reputable people involved in the project like i really am i'm i feel very thankful so we'll see what happens but it's gone over well so far and you can uh, i posted a um on the uh the blog an article with uh, the trailer and the link where you can find it and a bit of a description so uh yeah go check that out so you're still in the uh you know, I had someone hit me up on Facebook the other day. It was like, how do I get to, you know, they just, I don't even talk a lot about UFOs, even though I talk about it on the show for sure. But someone messaged me. is like, well, hey, how do you get, um, uh, what did they say? How do I get it back into this UFO thing and figure out the truth of what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, why are you asking me? Like, I'm into, but seriously, like, I'm into magic and astral travel. The only aspect of the whole side of this thing that I could talk about would be, you know, their beings of, like, consciousness and stuff like that, you know, or uh, the sleep states when this stuff happens to people. But other than that, I don't know much about any of it, right? So, ah, what a day to be a Florida tomato, sunny, warm. Ooh, and expected afternoon showers. I am feeling so vine. You say tomato, I say, what the? Ah! Florida tomatoes. They're ripe for the picking. So look for fresh from Florida tomatoes where you shop and support our state. See more seasonal produce at followfreshfromflorida.com. Um, I think that it's still a field... I, I don't know, bro. Like, I got a feeling that we were talking about this last night. I got a feeling that there's something big that's about to happen in the UFO field. Not that it's already not happened. But I got a feeling something bigger is coming. You know, like some really substantial. I don't know if it's going to be evidence or just something that happens, but something big, something bigger than the Phoenix lights kind of thing. I, I will grant you this. Um, I think you are right in the fact that there will probably soon be an even larger carrot uh, to dangle in front of the public. I don't yeah. think we'll ever get any answers, but there's definitely going to be something to gawk at. Yeah. In yeah the it could future, be probably. that, right? Like it, we don't know. I don't know if it's real or if it's that, but it could definitely, it could be that for sure. Um, I, you know, um, if you're going to get conspiracy, if you're going to get into conspiracy theory mindsets, it's good to um, keep an open mind and play both sides of the field and the um, the intellectual game. But I got to be honest, just my personal opinion, like if there is some sort of massive disclosure, my mind is going closer to Project Bluebeam type stuff than it being authentic. Uh, and again, I, you know, I've been featured in a UFO documentary, so I'm not a ufologist, but I do believe in the quote unquote reality of these experiences, meaning that I do think people have actually, including myself, experienced something uh, for anyone that's not familiar. I'll just briefly say I've seen things in Alaska fly really close at night, like basically like low riding, like over rooftops. Once I saw one riding over the tree line um, throughout the years that I lived there, um, like triangle things. And I don't know if it was government. I don't know if it was UFO, but I could tell you where my brain goes time and time again is if those things were actually there, um, I feel like they would have made a little bit more of a ruckus, you know, like is the age of social media now, 
uh, and and smartphones. We don't just have to wait for something to come out in a newspaper to be validated. Like if I saw something bulbous and triangular with bright flashing lights fly over, um, like you know, lurk, like not even fly fast over a tree line in a in a a rural Alaska neighborhood at night. <clears throat> why didn't anybody else see it? Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, sort of. I was just off the beaten path and um, I wasn't even doing like social media things really. So I, uh, I, I just had a flip phone, man. I didn't have a smartphone. So the last thing I'm going to do is, is record something on my phone. Uh, so uh, I, I, I never bothered to take any footage. I'm not really that kind of guy anyway. It probably would have come out poorly anyway. It almost seems to be like a law of the situation is rarely does any good footage come out of this. And it almost, that almost seems to be the trickster angle. And I mean, if anything to volley it back off to you, I will say like cherry on top of it all. There seems to be a trickster element to it all. I don't think they're evil. I don't think they're helpful. I don't know how sentient they are, but the autonomous mechanism at play here is a trickster mechanism. Yeah, that's uh I mean, that's kind of what Warner Von Braun was talking about. I just feel like if I had um, if I had more experiences with UFOs myself, I would probably be more about it. It's a cool subject, especially if you're like a sci-fi person. Or, but the, I, can, I can respect the 410 side of it a lot more than I... Than, it's not about respect, honestly, dude. It's just kind of like, look, if you... If you're into sci-fi stuff and the possibilities are there, then I, I get it, man. Like, I get it. But I am a hard evidence guy. Like, I want to see this stuff. Like, not more more than people can, like, imagine. And not for the reasons of I'm afraid of not knowing the truth, but for the reasons, like, I really want it to be a real thing because it would be cool. So I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not afraid to say, yeah, aliens and, and UFOs and stuff would be cool. Uh, I just feel like my personal experiences alone haven't proven that enough. UFOs have definitely, in my mind, though, um, been a proven yeah, it, thing. You know, like that's a proven thing. The alien thing is, is something else, though. Uh, that That's a great, great point. Is um, And the more you get into the sort of Jungian mindset, the more you start to consider what the correlations between the pilot of the UFO and the UFO even are. Perhaps the UFO isn't even piloted by anything in particular. You know, it could be, especially if it's something that's being projected from this sort of, you know, to borrow a new age term, like Akashic record, collective un unconscious. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, it, it it that's that means that it definitely doesn't have to be piloted by anything. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of different, you know. To more and more, I hear people talk about the idea, like, what if these things are like us from the future coming back? Um, I think I uh, I like these ideas more than the extraterrestrial idea. But you know, I do believe that there uh, life exists on other planets, um, inevitably somewhere out there, but. I don't um, – I just don't think it makes sense uh, for all this nuts and bolts machinery. It's becoming more and more of an outdated, you know, sort of like uh, like just do, uh, 
like post World War II, like dawn of science fiction mindset. You know, I'm, I, and, and I think in a way it's jiving less and less. Um, because here's another thing to consider. I think this is something that a lot of people don't consider. Sure, it's uh, theoretically possible. You know, you look at like the Kardashev scale and, uh, and the different types of like type one, two, and three of civilizations where they harness, um, uh, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but they harness like the, the energy of their planet and then they harness like the energy of their sun and then they harness the energy of their galaxy as like a global species. And that's how like you would go further out from there because you have to generate a certain amount of power for a certain level of technological advancement. And that also means you have to communicate well enough as a species to get to that point. Um, so life out there in general, if it's physical like humans, I mean, um, I think it's it begs the question how long any of us can communicate. You know, could any of us, could physical life communicate long enough to even develop those extremely advanced levels of civilization capable of traveling through like wormholes and and traveling light years i'm pretty skeptical of that myself so i think if any if anything is happening if there's any sort of communication and you know i'm a spiritual person in my own right so i'm not opposed to it i just you know keep it open-minded i play both sides because i see both sides and um whatever it is um yeah well, I mean, it's cool to see out. both sides of things, dude. But when you can see both sides and make a clear decision where you stand on it, or a clear decision, and be ad- and adaptable, you know, that's the other thing too, man. Like when people, you know, in this field, you got to be adaptable, right? Like you can't, you can't be like, well, this is my stance on UFOs and aliens, and it's like, yeah, but there's some new evidence out, or there's this new thing. Well, you know, and then your this confirmation bias thing happens. I see that crap happening all the time, dude. Like, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be negative or anything. It's just, why can't people have a positive mindset? One about everything, and two, like, I don't know why it's so damn hard. And two, just say, you know what, I'm wrong. I was wrong. This mm-hmm. is different. This is this is something you know. I was dude. I've been wrong about so many things. It's like insane, and to be able to like admit that it's not a it's not like an altruistic thing because I could admit that. I just think it should be like human nature, you know, to grow right. Like if I have a UFO experience, I'm gonna say, dude, I was wrong. I just saw something insane, man. You know, like something Absolutely. tangible enough that. I will let you know that this is a the real thing. I'm kind of jealous of your uh, Alaska um, experiences, though. I will say, man, um, I've stumbled across um, quite a few different weird things. Like uh, I, yeah, I've seen UFOs. My uh, my dad worked, you know, the uh, he one of many who worked the. Uh, infamous serial killer israel keys case like i've i've uh, hung out with an iraqi refugee in alaska um yeah alaska is a strange place it's got some unique energy that's for sure that's for sure <laughs> uh, uh, i was telling you before air um i don't think uh, we'll get into this now maybe closer to the end um but even in alaska um i grew up with some uncles out there and they are some uh, drunken frozen over rednecks and uh right they on. made it yeah, yeah, and uh, they made it onto Alaska State Troopers once um, for trying to break into the dump to salvage scrap metal after hours. 
Open the next it day, sounds like you know? my kind of guys, man. <laughs> like, you know, great. Like, you know how much this short steel's worth? We can get a trailer full of this stuff and make about a grand, right? Like, I mean, dude, that's 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 thugging it, vagabond style. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've yeah, done it before, sense. right? Like anybody that says, "Well, I can't go out and make money," this is you have the wrong mentality of like, "Well, uh, I, I just gotta say this: there's money everywhere to be made. So if you're scared, you're not gonna make money. If you're scared about money, don't be, because the scrapyard's always there, right?" You can get a trailer. It's true, man. <laughs> it's, it is true. And people these guys like, were old drunks, and they actually made um, a living. They once made like twenty grand in a year or something, yeah. um, salvaging just scrap metal on the side, and that's all they did for a living. Me and my buddy, I know this sounds completely redneck, but I don't care. We made like a grand or two a week doing this because we figured Hell out yeah. how to do it. You don't just get like uh, uh, cans and stuff. You you figure out what pays the most: copper, motors, short steel. You exactly. cut you cut up the stuff. You uh, you take it apart and separate it. They pay you more for all of these things. And then when you get up there, you got a trailer load full of that stuff. They pay a ton of money. If you just like load a trailer full of junk and take it there, the reason why they don't give you crap for it is because they have to pay the guys at the junkyard to take all their tools and torches and everything out and separate all the metals and cut it all up and get it to where it can be mm -hmm. recyclable. But if you can do that on your own in certain ways, like just taking the motors out of fans and air conditioners and old stuff like that, it it sounds redneck it is redneck but it works man you can make some money doing it yeah you really can do you want to well that was a that was a fun introduction do you want to just switch gears and and you want me to tell this story real quick yeah we're at the bottom of the hour how how long do you think it's going to take though because we got to take uh, a break let's like, do it at the uh at the when uh, we come after back the break yeah perfect okay. timing yeah because i don't want to mess up your story man if it, especially it's if a it has pretty good one to, i promise yeah. does it have something <laughs> to do with the scrapyard you oh yeah it? yeah Oh, Definitely. dude. Yeah, I want to hear this. Like, <laughs> I've, I'm almost embarrassed to even say, like, what I know about scrapyards. And now, a couple of corny facts. Number one, there are about 800 kernels in each ear of corn. Number two, an ear of corn always has an even number of rows. And number three, Florida sweet corn season ends in June. June? What? Why didn't anybody tell me that it was going to... Oh, well, I guess that's a wrap. It's sweet corn season in Florida. Stop on your way home and get some before it's gone. See more seasonal produce at followfreshfromflorida.com. Wildfires can burn more than just trees. While spring is wildfire season in Florida, our state is at risk for wildfires almost year-round. Humans are the number one cause of wildfire. We all must do our part to reduce the risk and impact of wildfire in Florida. Visit BeWildfireReadyFL.com to learn how to prevent wildfire in your community, yard, and home, and to build an emergency supply kit. It's not about if a wildfire will ignite, but when. Learn how you can be ready for wildfire at BeWildfireReadyFL.com. Anyways. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I learned a thing or two from them. Hey, man, you know, there's nothing wrong with um, with uh, making an honest buck, however however that shakes down. And uh, there's a lot worse ways to make a dollar than salvaging some scrap metal. As long as you're not, like, ripping it out of, like, like a functioning building. Or whatever. Yeah, like, like a... That's different. That's meth head yeah. stuff. That's people yeah, exactly. that need drugs, That's right? That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, like, if you're going to the dump, that's a whole different thing.
Yeah, yeah. That's fair game. Well, I'll tell you about that, too, when we come back. But here's, I like this new format for the show. We do this music show. I still do the talk and interview, but I pick the guest brain, and we talk about some of the music that they're picking, too. So here's something from the mind of the dive mind man himself, a little uh, Babylon war child. We'll be right back. We're back here with Anthony Tyler from Dive Mind. Here's a little sold out by Doc Hammer. <laughs> Why do you, so tell me about uh, this group real quick. We'll talk about the other one, man. What? How did you find these people? Yeah, so um, shout out to um, Babylon Warchild and uh, Doc Hammer. Uh, Babylon, well, both groups, um, and they are among uh, a handful of artists that I've linked up with um, at one time or another to, uh, play their music on the show. And, uh, Babylon Warchild is, uh, is a group of, uh, underground rappers and producers, uh, from the Toronto hip hop scene, um, that have been kind of doing their thing for quite a while. And like all these people have their individual careers and just kind of made some really awesome, uh, just kind of like, uh, like, boom bap sort of street mindset like but very esoteric and uh they're like dropping lots of uh uh symbolism and uh and philosophy uh, you know kind of this stuff that people would be familiar with on this show uh it's sort of kind of like a wu-tang kind of way and doc hammer is um you know just i think an amazing they're a group out of san diego they're it's like a great blend of like a little bit of classic rock with that like metal vibe and just kind of like a um an unhinged punk um nice fusion and uh they uh yeah i really like what they got going on doc hammer also fun fact is the name of a musician himself um and i guess i i, I know they did that knowingly i guess they just did that for the hell of it as a joke uh interesting to name your band after a completely un- unrelated musician but doc hammer the, the solo person, Doc Hammer, is one of the co-creators of the amazing, amazing Adult Swim cartoon of Venture Brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, we're having a little fun. We're doing the music show here tonight on a Wednesday, which is a little different. It is Wednesday, right? Is it Wednesday? It's mm-hmm. Wednesday. <laughs> it's a, yeah, because I was thinking, of course it's Wednesday. Um, <laughs> so it's Wednesday and we're doing the music show that we were going to do last week, but I got a little scheduling conflict going on there. So, um, we are playing, this is a new thing that I'm doing. I'm trying to bring guests on and play the music that they like and kind of promote people in a different way. Right. This is fun. We got to make it fun. It's a lot of fun. So you can get to know these people because everybody that is in these communities, they just talk about this stuff. It's all I, I love talking about these subjects, but we don't know you, know you, you know. I would say except for you, because you do talk a lot about a lot of personal stuff and play the music you like, and you kind of do that on your show, you know, so. Yeah, I try to keep it real, you know. I try to talk about, you know, and I, I don't I don't keep myself as the foreground. Um, you know, I'm always doing uh, some sort of topic, but I, I I'm not afraid to talk about you know like my personal experience with something um whether it be like weird sightings or mental health or whatever be the case um you know because i think that uh too much of this is a uh, too much of this community um sort of descends into a big pissing contest sometimes um and i'm trying to always 
yeah, uh, be you know as much of an antithesis to that as possible. And I also think I've truly, truly, um, if we if the if we were having this conversation like twenty years ago, um, we would definitely like I'd probably have a degree in broadcasting, and I'd be doing mm-hmm. like the old school like DJ booth route, with, like late night and doing music, and uh, that's what I like. like I, yeah, it. yeah, and and I love music so much, um, and I'm not incredibly musically talented at all. Like I can strum on a guitar and that's about it. Um, I can hold a tune, but like I can never be a musician. It's a whole mindset and mentality and lifestyle. And so that's one of those things that I honestly have reverence for. Like if you're a talented musician, just like you're a brilliant mathematician, like those are things that I can't really, I get how you're doing it, but I can't fully wrap my head around it. So it's really impressive. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, being able to reach out to independent artists that are, you know, like having success, but haven't blown up to the point where they have like too many contracts um, to like even care about collaborating with you. Um, it's really awesome um, and has like enriched the experience for me and the listeners to just kind of like infuse different music in there, whether it's hip hop or punk or a little bit of like metal, like Doc Hammer. Um, and, you know, um, if you're listening to it on the fringe FM, like you can always, that's where you can go to the bathroom or take your smoke break. And if you're listening to it streaming later, like you could just fast forward it. It's not that big of a deal. So, you know, it's kind of win-win. It's like, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Cause I have to cut out like, I'm, I'm going to play a couple of the tracks that I liked, but I'll have to cut them out of the show. Honestly, because um, until I find, like, Kronox is the only guy that I, I've got permission in carbon-based life forms to, like, play their stuff. But I haven't reached out to any other bands. Uh, but usually I have to cut out a lot of my music. So you'll hear it fade, like, in the podcast as it fades down and stuff. But anyways, oh, got you. That's right. We were talking before. You wanted to tell me a story about the uh, Scrapyard stuff, right? So do you remember yeah, what you were okay. going to say? Oh yeah. Oh, I couldn't forget. Um, so this is not really about esotericism at all. Um, but I think this will, it's not too long and I guarantee anybody out there, um, it's worth a little bit of a listen here. So we're talking about like salvaging metal at scrapyards and how much <laughs> yeah. like potential money you could actually make. And the reason I brought it up is because, um, I talked about, um, living with some crazy uncles in Alaska um, and I grew, uh, weed in their basement. Um, you know, like it was, it was legal around there anyway. And, uh, these guys were just like old frozen over grizzled rednecks, divorced brothers who are now living with each other in one house and just drinking like a 36 pack of beer between them every day. Um, so these guys were like hard nosed, man. They're something else. And um, one uncle, Charles, is uh, is crazy deep into conspiracy theories, like old school Alex Jones, right wing guy, like fall asleep listening to Fox News every night. Uh, my uncle Daniel is a guy that I don't mean to be like insensitive or whatever, but he had this thing that you could only describe as night Tourette's, where he would just get so drunk every <laughs> night. He would, he would go to sleep and he would have shout dreams where he would be shouting at people. And he, and, th- and this was an apathetic, <laughs> unfunny man. So he was not faking it. I Dude, I'm not trying to be insensitive either, night. but that's hilarious, bro. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be insensitive to people with Tourette's. Like, I don't care. Like, my uncle, he, I don't give a shit about him. He, he'll laugh at it too. Um, 
but uh it's um you know, he, he would have shout uh. dreams every night and then you'd wake him up and be like hey dan what were you what were you talking about do you remember what you were talking about he's like right, what are you talking about what are you talking about why'd you wake me up I'm like all right Sorry, and then you just <laughs> let him go back to sleep, and then you just start shouting at people again, uh, <laughs> like really explicit stuff. So these are the two guys in the story, um, and like I said, I lived with them for a while. So a couple of years before I lived with them, um, should have recorded that, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, but uh, so they they've just they've always been drinking a lot and um they grew up in alaska um so like back when alaska was like like a like a frozen wild west in a lot of ways um and um these guys were just drive shit faced all the time i do not endorse it but they're like so used to it they've gotten so many duis so my uncle has a broken breathalyzer in his uh, in his truck and uh, he's going with my other uncle and their friend to the dump after hours um, which is basically, you know, like s- half of Alaska that's civilized and populated is still just surrounded by trees everywhere. So yeah. it looks like d- dense with wilderness. So they're basically just in a back road in the woods uh, that happens to be next to a dump. And uh, they're all drunk. Um, and my uh, my uncle Dan, Knight Tourette's uncle, he's too drunk to go up to the dump with them after hours to salvage scrap metal illegally. So he waits in the truck. Well, he, he gets out of the truck to take a piss and ends up locking himself out. So what he does, because he's so drunk, is he lays down in the ditch and uh, uh, just lays there. And people drive by and they think maybe it's a dead body. So they call the state troopers. So a state trooper associated, you know, has a full film crew and everything. You can go check this out. I should have said this at the beginning. I forgot. But this is recorded on Alaska state troopers. We said this before the break. Um, and you can go on YouTube and find a pirated version. Um, I can't remember this, the, 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 like the episode number, but just Alaska state troopers, madman manhunt. And it's the last segment on there. It's like the final eight minutes or something. You can go see this for yourself and I'll give you the inside scoop here. So the trooper comes, uh, the sirens wake up my drunk uncle from the ditch and he goes running into the woods. Um, and so there's this flashlight, um, and like, this is where the episode title comes from. They're like state troopers and they're running through the woods and he, and they're trying to make it seem all menacing and terrifying. And my uncle's jumping over fences and he makes it out. And so my other uncle and his friend come down and, um, they're, uh, they're lying to the cop. We're like, Oh, we're looking for a uh, cottonwood bark. Cause we like to carve it out. And, uh, and uh, he's like, I have a, uh, the state trooper isn't buying it. And I go, but we're the only two here. We're the only two here. And then all of a sudden, my other drunken uncle comes walking up. So he's like, okay. So the state trooper's not buying any of this. He smells alcohol on him, but he can't figure out what the hell they were doing. And, um, and so he separates them all, and he gets the story out of them, um, uh, the, the, the Cottonwood Bark story. And he goes to my drunk uncle who just walked up, Knight Tourette's Dan, and uh, – there's a moment that I highly recommend you watch the whole thing just for this moment because it seems scripted, like something like straight out of like an adult swim skit. Um, he, uh, <laughs> the state trooper is like, hey, so what are you guys doing out here? What's, what's the story? And he says, oh, we're not doing anything. Nothing's going on. I go, yeah, something's going on. What were you guys doing out here? And he says, oh, we're looking for something. Uh, um, and he pauses and then he rubs his neck and he clears his throat and he's like <clears> – <throat> um, 
And it's just a long silence. And the state trooper looks at him and his eyes are about to like pop out of his head. He's just like, what? You're going to say something? Spit it out, please. And he says, Diamond, uh, Diamond Willow, which is not the right bark. So he blows their cover story. <laughs> and, at the end, <laughs> and so uh, so he finds out. So, you know, you can go. You just it, it's just kind of funny seeing the interactions of the state trooper with them. But um, the final bit is um, um, where. He's uh, he's like the state trooper says, I don't have anything on you guys, uh, but I find it really weird that three grown men um, and one of them who is clearly intoxicated are out here in a residential neighborhood in the middle of the night. Um, you have no wood in your car at all. <laughs> and, uh, and you have a broken breathalyzer. So he's like, so if I see anyone driving this car, you better call people and come get this car tomorrow. So if I see anyone driving it, I'm bringing you to jail, but I have nothing to take you in on. So, you know, just have a good night and don't do this. And he says to my drunken uncle, he says, the only person here who told me the truth is completely intoxicated. And, uh, and, and he says, uh, but thank you for telling me the truth, sir. I want to shake your hand. Um, and he says, maybe next time lay off the liquor, huh? And on national TV, my uncle says, yep, that's what everybody says. <laughs> and the show ends like that. <laughs> so, uh, they still get phone calls about it to this day. Um, that's uh, that's pretty much um, the the as as close to any sort of fame as they're gonna get, um, and that was all just from trying to salvage some scrap metal from the dump. So don't drive drunk, kids out there. <laughs> yeah, well, but yeah, you go check it out on YouTube. Yeah, it, it would give you a little slice of life of like some real like frozen rednecks because Alaska really has rednecks um, truthfully and they don't and they're not transplants from the south they are people born and raised in Alaska that somehow are just frozen rednecks it's you go to you go there's rednecks everywhere bro I got so much it's true I got so much slack from being a redneck that I was like oh you're from Arkansas and I'm like man all right so I'm driving around the country New York Arizona Florida, whatever. Everywhere I've been, there's rednecks, man. There's rednecks everywhere. So don't give mm-hmm. me this Arkansas thing. All right? <laughs> it's yeah. It's you know. So, so like, and secondly, uh, Arkansas is weird because they still have a law that states you can you can beat your wife like once a month and get away. Like it's legal. Are you like serious? A, yeah. It's not like a joke. Oh my god! It's not a joke. It's a. It's like a thing that they haven't taken down or something. Be because I guess there was so much like domestic abuse in Arkansas that they're like, well, if we just allow them to beat their wives like once a month, maybe they won't do it so much. You know? Oh my god, that is brutally <laughs> redneck, buddy. <laughs> and it's uh, uh, it's so like stupid. Alabama cousin law is bad. Yeah, it's so stupid because if I was a woman, I would be like, listen. uh, I'm going to be in jail. I'm just telling you guys right now. If somebody puts their hands on me, they're going to get hurt or something bad. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make a law to where some dude can just beat me once a month. And the, and when I was reading it, my son showed this to me because he thought it was ridiculous. And when I was reading it, um, it's something about, well, as long as they only have red marks on them, you know, it's okay. Anything other than that, then it's considered against the law. Wow. So they're That's basically saying once a month you can just smack your old lady around. That's what they're saying. I guess so. That's crazy. But they man. but they won't allow. Um, there's so many things that they won't allow, like legal cannabis. There's so many things that they won't allow people to do with their own bodies. Shall I say, just in general, um, 
but you're allowed to beat your wife once a month as long as they're only red marks. And I'll, that's, I'll, dude, I'm going to say wild. something that's probably going to piss off somebody that's listening. I don't care. But if you're smack, if you're a dude and you're smacking around women or kids, you're a coward. You just don't. Mm-hmm. You're a coward anyways, right? Like, usually you find those kind of guys, they kind of scare everybody or whatever, but if you smack them, they'll just cower down pretty quick most of the time. But Hopefully you're not pissing many people off by saying that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't I imagine mean, that you have many listeners that enjoy smacking women, women are, and children no, anyway. It's a sore subject for me, friends. honestly. Like I, I get it. If I, if I – like people like abusers are a sore subject for me because of my upbringing. Like if right, I could get right. away with it, they should make a law that allows like demolition crews to go around and just smack abusers around and drag them down the street for a little bit, you know, but yeah. they, don't, they don't let us do that. Do you want to talk about like a crazy story? Um, yeah. Um, that's kind of true crime ish and has to do with like some like crazy redneck justice type shit. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, have you uh, have you ever heard of the Killdozer story? No, no, I haven't. Okay, so <clears throat> let me clear my throat here. This is a wild one. You can go. There's podcasts out there about it. They've made some documentaries. This happened um, not that long ago, like a decade ago, maybe. Um, um, I can pull up. Um, you know, Joe, you're usually on the ball with that. I bet you'll pull up a link um, and fill in some of the gaps. But uh, this happened in America. Uh, I want to say somewhere like midwest or something like that um no maybe like colorado something like that there is some skiing involved but uh it's the famous killdozer story of this guy who moved to this rural area because he had some money with his own businesses and um ended up being what's what's the kind of word like leveraged out like pushed out on like a bidding war of over like land that he thought he owned yeah, or he theoretically it. owned yeah, yeah yeah and then um it um he be, he grew very resentful and found that this like small community was kind of turning their back on him um unjustly and um you know maybe so like the politics it's like hard to insert yourself into small town politics like that to begin with because it sounds like everybody were just kind of redneck assholes like frozen redneck assholes basically and uh um but what this guy did is over a long period of time he didn't have a wife or children or anything he um he slowly sank into this revenge mindset where he took a bulldozer and over a very long period of time like a couple of years where this was the only thing he did when he wasn't running his own shop um which was some sort of like automotive or repair shop um and he was rigging this bulldozer to become a murder machine like a tank oh he my put God, man. he put machine guns on it he put sensors and um uh cameras in all directions he put like concrete slabs on this thing among other levels of bulletproof protection um he this made guy's this name thing. is marvin Hemeyer. that's He-Mayer? it right there yeah 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 um and uh Definitely he made this thing meth. yeah he made this thing virtually impenetrable and actually the one of the craziest parts is he designed it to not be able to come out of like it took them like the better part of a day like of trying once this was over and i'll tell the story quickly but i'll say once it was over it took them the better part of a day to just break into the killdozer to recover his body um, i see he He made it into a tank pretty much he literally made it into a tank and so and finally when it was like the his judgment day he went out 
for his own justice. And he went and he like plowed through people's businesses. He could only go like five or seven miles an hour or something. So at a snail's pace of impending doom with sensors and cameras and bulletproof armor and machine guns on a bulldozer, this guy is like rummaging through downtown. I don't, he doesn't actually kill anybody, but he wreaks havoc on the downtown. He There's people injured in the damage. He destroys buildings, um, at least like a couple it's not like Armageddon in the city because this thing can only move at a, like a snail's pace, but it's still pretty devastating. Um, and what happens at some point is he's trying to destroy another business as someone who wronged him. He's got on like a checklist. Um, and there's even like a cop who tries to jump on it at some point, like Indiana Jones style and disarm it. But like I said, it's impenetrable. No one can get in. This is so, so crazy. Yeah. Um, I think I'm pretty sure he also had some explosives in the mix there um, that were being shot out. But in the end, he um, he gets um, he gets lodged in um, like a crack and like the thing collapses. And I believe he killed himself in there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's so been a second. Crazy, sec man. He, like what? Yeah. Um, All yeah, over losing. I, like people are so. You know, have you ever seen like a person that makes a lot of money and all of a sudden they they lose a lot of money? They'll there's certain people that will just go, dude. I've lost a lot of money and contract. I lost all kinds of contracts when I was young because of the housing thing. Mm -hmm. There is no way that I would just like freak out and go on a rampage about it. Like I don't care about it that much, you know. Not only that, like yeah, I I I totally get. I've I completely agree with what you're saying and. I could never relate on any level to any sort of rampage, but any human being can at least vaguely wrap their heads around a moment of passion. Like someone pulls out a gun in a moment of passion, you at least see how that unfolded. But this is exceptionally insane because this man dedicated like the better part of something like two years of his life to completely uh, – like mind, body, and soul making this vengeance machine, like this really unorthodox vengeance machine. Um, he went out way more. He was like, like uh, bizarro, like dark side redneck MacGyver dude. Like so weird. Like how could you maintain such a level of hatred? Like that's like Liam Neeson taken style, like oh, vengeance man. mentality. There's you some know? people, bro, that just, it's over land disputes. Like I'm a human, I don't put anything past human nature now, man. There's some people that, yeah. like, that's the kind of person that holds on to a grudge and then holds on to another one and another one and another one, and they build up so much hate and anger that they've become like this toxic beast that wants to murder people. And the messed yeah. up thing about the whole karmic situation of that is he did all kinds of damage to the property, like all kinds of damage, but nobody yeah. besides him got killed ah what a day to be a florida tomato sunny warm Ooh, and expected afternoon showers i am feeling so vine you say tomato i say what the ah! florida tomatoes they're ripe for the picking so look for fresh from florida tomatoes where you shop and support our state See more seasonal produce at followfreshfromflorida.com. 
Take the steps to protect your life, home, and community at BeWildfireReadyFL.com. While spring is wildfire season in Florida, our state is at risk for wildfires almost year-round. Wildfire can burn more than just trees. Prevent and prepare for wildfire at BeWildfireReadyFL.com. Yeah, truth. Like nobody. So you built a tank, put machine guns on it, did all kinds of stuff, destroyed property, tried to hurt and kill people, and in the end, it was just you that got dealt with, you know? Like... And here's so here's another interesting part of like the dark psychology behind it. Um, uh, a building off of what you said there is there's also like a thread of people online um, that basically like support Killdozer. And what? I'm not saying yeah, I'm I don't think this guy was um, evil in like a mad scientist like like dictator sort of way he he was he seems to be much more on the mental illness side but like what he did are evil things um but there's just some sick people out there and i think just misinformed people because they see that the the easy version of the story is this guy was wronged by the local government and then in a sort of like half-assed libertarian way uh, took it out, like took the law into his own hands. And like, and also, you know, not to get political, but kind of falls, I feel like in line with the people who, um, like support like ultra conservative politics and love like the Punisher at the same time. You know, that's just a specific kind of person. It is. I don't know if any listeners have come, like some of you out there know what I'm talking about. And it's just a kind of weird mix. Um, there's like also some people out there who, as sick as it is, side with the Columbine shooters yeah, and say that they were wronged by society and took it out as like an act of like almost righteous vengeance. And there's just a lot of sick people out there. It's weird. There's also obviously serial killer sympathizers out there. So, um, yeah, that's an, that's a whole other, uh, dark side of true crime that is kind of unsung, like is underreported, I guess. A, That's a lot kind of, of but those are the kind of people that are like, well, I see both sides of everything and everything. Like I could see why this person would do that. And it's like, no, there's like real morality, right? I don't understand why people can't grasp that. You know, there's real morality. There's a right way to treat people. There's real empathy. There's real stuff here. And yeah. if you can't do it or you're trying to sympathize with crazy people or, it it doesn't make sense to me. It'd be like trying to sympathize with a cobra or a, or a freaking polar bear or something that just, a, well, I could see why he would annihilate, you know, like who cares, man? I, I, that's the way I look at it. I'm like, you're, he's a threat to all that we love. It's a mm-hmm. threat to all that we love. So getting rid of it wouldn't be a bad idea. Just saying. Well, I'm not, um, I'm not even disagreeing with you, but to have an interesting conversation, um, I'd like to probe your use of the word it. Like, why do you think they become inhuman at that point? And what does that mean from a morality perspective? I think, I think once you've allowed yourself to really like it's, unless it's self-defense, right? So like you can tell when someone's killed somebody in self-defense or when they've been forced into war, the traumas that they have, you can see what these kind of things do to to the human nature to begin with. This is why abuse does this stuff to human nature. So when a when a person has lost all empathy for other human life, I don't believe in my mind they're 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 not a human anymore. They're an animal. Right? Like they're an animal. They could hurt your children, they could hurt uh people you love, they could just hurt people, 
So they've become an animal. I think there's a psychological state where you can lose your humanity at some point and become a, a animal in human form, so to speak. I think, I mean, from, yeah, absolutely. From a spiritual perspective, I think you're absolutely right. Um, um, and where that becomes very interesting is how it, and if that could ever translate to the legal system. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean by that? Would you be able to try people on the basis? Because part of the legal system, especially in a free oh, country. insanity and all that stuff. Yeah. Is yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not just insanity, although, yes, that's a prime example, but, um, uh, like, part of a legal system in a free country is based on, like, the idea that every human being has a basic amount of rights. And if you don't – if you're not a human being at that point, then I guess you basically don't have any human rights at that point. Ah, uh, right. I get what you're saying. Kind of like they do to the G-Bay terrorist people, right? You've lost your ability. You've lost your human rights, so we don't have to. You don't get a phone call. That kind of thing. Right. See, this is where, yeah, exactly. Things get interesting because, from an individualist philosophy perspective, I would certainly agree that those people are essentially inhuman. Like, if you're talking about human, like you and me, listeners, people that yeah. experience empathy and emotions, and um, and 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 the like. Um, and 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 don't act on violent impulses like that um like it um i don't know i lost my train of thought there. um <laughs> well that's what the weed be doing bro yeah weed i mean i just a joint during this whole no thing. no it's cool it's cool but i get what you're saying we got to take um, a break anyways we're like five minutes over so uh, so what okay, I'm going to do I'll probably remember. is we're going to talk because I'm going to play something completely different. So this is what I want to do with the show when we do the music stuff. I play something that I really like. And then when we come back, we're going to play your song. And then we'll, you're probably going to question, why the hell did he play that? Because I don't think you're really going to get to know anybody until you listen to their music. And that sucks. Right on. That sucks, but that's the way it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be right back. <clears throat> and uh, again, I do want to thank our like partners, our new partners here. Like we got Mary Ducina, which is our loving like house psychic. We put on a great show the other night. Melanie Grubbs, who's going to be back on tomorrow night. We're going to be talking about connecting with animals, which is really crazy. I had one of these ingrates just fly up to me a while ago, almost come in my apartment, right? And then wow. Janari's. Crystal Creations, who has a massive, massive crystal shop here on the on Facebook, and it's pretty impressive. Yeah, bro, I had a bird, like an ingrate, just fly down in right into the door, and it has like this humongous neck and this S. And wow, my neighbors stopped it from coming in the house, like it just wanted to come <laughs> on in, man. You know, wow. So. Hey, oh, before the break, I just wanted to say I was basically just reiterating for the fun of the conversation that. That um, individual philosophy mindset becomes very interesting when you look at it from a legal standpoint. And I don't know the answers to it. So that's just a cherry on top there. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> it is very interesting. Here's one of it my is. tracks I'm sure that, that I'm thinking will surprise Anthony. And thanks to uh, um, Alex Exum for sparking this in me. This has been one of my top five songs that have been playing in my head because I got that jukebox in my head all the time, right? All right, so who had the better track? Prince, which was mine, Blue Computer, or Egghead by Negative Blast, or is it Negative Blast by Egghead? 
You had it right the first time. <laughs> Hold on. That's rocking, dude. You saying I had it right the first time? Yes, indeed. Okay. Um, Egghead by the band Negative Blast, uh, another band that I linked up with on the show. Um, uh, Black Hoodie Alchemy. Those guys are dope. Um, kind of like a thrashy, old school punk vibe. Um, but, you know, uh, it's hard to compete with Prince, man. He's one of like the very all-time greats. He's up there with like inarguable musical appeal like Michael Jackson or you know, um freaking like Elvis, like even people even if you don't like their music, like you can't deny what they did. So. But nobody ever plays Blue Computer though, dude. Like nobody That's true. nobody I plays that. Don't I don't know if I've ever heard it to be honest that, with you. Dude, that that song, like I get certain songs stuck in my head. Like over and over and over and over again, right? But I can't, like, I can't help it. Even songs I don't like sometimes. But this is like, this song might be stuck in my head now. So here's here's what I'm trying to show people the di- the dynamic between where I am and where Anthony's at. This is Anthony. That's Anthony, and this is Joe. Isn't it weird? <laughs> I mean, think about that. Let's just think about that for a minute. What does that imply? I saw you bobbing your head to this, though. Yeah, I mean, I do like, I have my softer side too, but if you ask me for my desert island list, like, it's going to be probably some heavier stuff because I'm going to miss that more. Um, so, yeah. Heavy stuff is uh, always good. Like if I listen to something heavy, bro, it's usually really heavy though. <clears throat> like people like that or something. I, I've got songs I'm scared to let people listen to. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm just saying. What like some like death metal or what? Yeah, like some really hardcore death metal. You know, because when you play stuff like that, they're like, "What?" You know. Um, I will and I say j- that. I joke about it sometimes to see what people will say, and I've only got like one buddy that's come on here and he's like, "Hell yeah!" And everybody else is like, "Uh, you know." So. Yeah, it's um, I am a metalhead. I enjoy metal, but I have my limits. Um, and I like a lot of other stuff too. And I'll say like, unless you're doing like a show that's kind of geared towards metal, it's kind of hard to infuse that. Like hip hop is something that unless you're just kind of an old square or someone like Ben Shapiro, um, like everyone loves hip hop and (laughs) something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, like pretty much everyone loves something like Prince or like music that can be infectious and like rock poppy like that. Um, there's certain things that'll jive with any audience to no matter like what people's preferences are, as long as they just enjoy good music, but metal, you really just have to have a certain mindset and, uh, I definitely have that mindset. I love some heavy metal. But um, everybody everybody wants to bob their head to Computer Blue, though. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you played the song, you. I mean, you just can't not, honestly. Unless you just... You just Thanks, Alex. Excellent. <clears throat> Sometimes, <laughs> man, your friends will bring out the, like, hey... I know that I know there's there's this side of you, so stop hiding it. Like, bring it out, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what uh, friends are for. Yeah, and we're all complicated. I've got like this metalhead fiery thing in me, and then I've got like this really soft side that I don't show people. But in between those two worlds, there can be some heavy temper stuff happening too. You know, so I try to stay calm as possible. Like I need 
I need to stay calm as possible. Right. So yeah. that's, that's, that's my thing. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's been studies to show that it really depends. There's just different kinds of people out there and different kinds of ways that your brain are calibrated. Like if you enjoy heavy music like that, like, um, it will, it, it shows that it actually calms you down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, if you don't like it, it's not going to at all. So, you know, it's, um, um, I think it's healthy to, you know, we've talked about the shadow work and stuff on the show before. I think it just kind of plays into that a little bit when it's at its healthiest. Um, even like the satanic themes that you see in metal, um, there are some weirdos out there certainly, but you know, especially like Slayer being a good example, like those guys are good people. They're not, I, uh, they're, they're like if anything i don't even think they're satanists if anything they're levey satanists and that's all just feeds into the punk rock and metal uh, aesthetic of anti-establishment like mm. atheist sort of anti-establishment and that's really what metal is all about anyway um you know, i was thinking um, because you get into like some deep psychology and stuff and on this show we talk about everything it's this show it's pretty eclectic i like to talk mm -hmm. about the occult magic consciousness and stuff but i psychology metal salvaging yeah redneck metal salvaging things like that <laughs> but psychology is an important side to this thing that you can't throw out right so well, this is another thing where we all got to do our work but just the other day, I, I feel like there's a lot of um, obsessive type, really crazy energy. So anytime people get to a certain amount of craziness, I get to that fight or flight thing. And what I mean by craziness is a very hardcore, like uh, clinging in the wrong way, right? What I mean by clinging in the wrong way is like a bleeding on somebody kind of thing. And so mm -hmm. 10 days ago, uh, there was this guy in Seattle. I don't know if you saw this, but pretty much went into this podcaster's house and murdered the girl and then tried to murder her whole Christ. family just because he was like some crazy stalker dude and i think he drove from like texas or something and just went in there That's i don't know terrifying. what happened man like but <clears throat> well, i haven't heard of that yet yeah i don't know what happened but like they, they didn't give any details i don't even know who the podcaster is i know it's a girl in like northwest like the pacific northwest but if that tells you anything, like you got to be careful nowadays with this thing for some reason. You really do, yeah. Uh, there's an affiliate of ours. Um, it's uh, Alex of the Natural Born Alchemist. It's funny. He's like a he's a, he's a a mild mannered Swedish dude, but like he's got the mindset of like a grumpy like grandpa from the bronx yeah. like he's a he's a fun yeah. character but he is also a little paranoid about um um like personal privacy and stuff he wears a he he wears like a mask and yeah, stuff like yeah. that he doesn't even him. use his last name yeah i don't blame him either honestly um but yeah i mean podcasting it's uh and just digital radio in general it's becoming um a very weird thing we've uh, i've brought up Lori vallow uh here on the show before um, that's an interesting case where, um, she was involved in the, like the Mormon new age podcasting and like independent publishing community and ended up falling for this Mormon new age cult guy who had this like Scientological system that was very similar to Scientology and got her to the point and others to the point where 
they were rating people as suppressive people in their family. And this woman, Lori Vallow, ended up basically the jury's not out yet. Like this case is still open. Um, the COVID's delayed some of it, but you could find that documentary on Netflix. But like she basically sacrificed her children. Oh my um, god, dude. And this came from a this was incubated in a podcast community. So um this stuff and like doing lectures and like you know doing like conferences and things like the same shit that you and I and our friends are doing. So I've just um, like when I hear certain people talk about certain shows and stuff, and you just see like their whole center light up because they're so into this person. It's like you know this person's coming on for an hour tops. You know, depending on the the majority of the content they put out, like. And they get fixated on it, like they know this person, you know. But you don't know this person. And then mm-hmm. I think what happens is, is uh, when certain certain people get close to you in the community, <clears throat> there becomes some type of weird thing that happens. Uh, and you got to be careful with that. I, and I'm just saying this, man, because um, you don't have to have a massive audience for this to happen. You don't. And there's people that have had crazy, like. I can't even, I don't even get into it. It's kind of personal, but I know like at least four or five people, most of them are dudes that have people tried to sue them, uh, stalk them, uh, even uh, violently attempted to hurt them and all kinds of things because I I think people get this fixated image. That's kind of like, isn't that like why rock stars get shot and stuff? Like you remember Dimebag Daryl of Pantera? Like some dude just yeah. rolled up on stage and killed that dude. Straight killed him on stage, yeah. Why? Because he didn't turn out to be like something that they wanted or he wasn't um, uh, like he didn't vote the way somebody wanted or something. Like, why do you care that much about your idea of this person that it gets you that crazy? I wonder sometimes, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. And, you know, depending on how spiritual you are, um, it, 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 you know, it, it, it kind of just in a way boils down to that question of like, you know, like why, why does it seem like bad things happen to good people a lot of the time? And like, why, if you're, if if you're going to harass people, I'm certainly not going to name names, but there's like, there's like plenty of big time mainstream public douchebags um, that, I mean, if you're going to harass anybody, you might as well (laughs) harass them, I guess. Like, (laughs) um, but uh and you know i'm mostly joking don't harass anybody no, don't harass but, anybody, but yeah. the 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 uh, what i'm getting at is 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 the comedic principle of punch up i understand punching up i could never understand punching down um uh like just like picking fights with podcasters going to their houses and murdering them like no no Do you podcast. need to like, and and I think sometimes it's people want to be heard so much that they get so freaking mad they want to inflict their opinion and like and then call into the show like write an email or something you know like oh, this person doesn't agree with what I think so or I'm gonna prove them wrong or the there's also like this this other energy that I cannot stand it's like a person that just wants to find a way to disagree with you because they got they can't stand to agree with you or they can't stand that you might be right about something. There's just so many weird things that I've experienced through this journey since 2016 that, um, see. like, I don't even know what that word means, bro. But like, there's a piece that, that I really desire, 
you know, to be honest with you, because of the energy of <laughs> all this stuff, man. It's like a lot of psychology in there. And it's probably my own shit, too, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I am officially retiring from the podcast game after this conversation <laughs> and uh, investing in um, yeah. heavy, like, post-apocalyptic, like, industrial security. Uh, um, no, uh, I personally have been, I've only had, like, one experience in my life that may be, like, a couple of little, like, hangers and stuff, but I just have a phobia of that, honestly. Like, just, you can feel it, dude. You can feel it when people are like... <sighs> Kind of, yeah, you know. Yeah, you're you're not wrong at all. And um, just um, glass half full. I'll reiterate because I've said it positive, many times. Yeah, yeah and uh, wait, there's nothing wrong with looking at the negative, but I think it's good to balance it out. Like even at the gym, they say like don't work one side of the body. You got to work both sides. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean basic stuff, man. But um, you're just gonna do I've right met- arm bicep curls all day. Like you're gonna have this big right bicep. <laughs> I don't I don't know yeah. anybody that does that, bro. Honestly, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but I've made so many. So many people that I would genuinely uh, consider friends from just doing this. And like from the beginning, you know, what I said, like would be worth any amount of time put into writing and research and, and, uh, you know, these radio shows and podcasts is um, just contributing authentically to the community and making friends and, and, and peers and, you know, just continuing the conversations. I had so many of these kinds of conversations. I was lucky enough to grow up having a lot of these conversations with cool friends that were open-minded and, you know, thought about similar things. And, you know, you kind of grow up and drift apart. And um, I was the one who kind of maintained the most interest in these things. And, um, yeah, it's just I'm just kind of trying to carry on the tradition. I just love having these conversations. I would be having these conversations even if we weren't recording them. So, uh, and like I said, I love broadcasts. So, I mean, it all just works out, really. Yeah, I do too. I love it. I love it too because, but you never know what's going to happen. Sometimes, sometimes, um, uh, you know, you might have a tech issue. Sometimes you might get a crazy caller. That's what's fun about it, though. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's kind of like happen. the Wild West a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what's going to happen, and I'm I'm really stoked that you're in this UFO documentary. I think that's great. Um, you deserve it, man. You deserve a lot more than just that, but you definitely deserve that. You've got the mind for it. I would listen to you talk about UFOs more than some of the people I've listened to, but I have kind of I like a trust it. thing when it comes to uh, this field because, uh, just there's, I understand the desire to want to believe in things. I understand that there's proof of UFOs. Uh, but the whole alien abduction thing, even Whitley Strieber himself, when he came on my show told me like ever since I went to the Monroe Institute and did the hemisync stuff and worked on getting out of body, I'm not so sure that my experience, which he has the most famous, like, you know, abduction thing in the world. He even mm-hmm. said, I'm not so sure my experience doesn't relate to some state of consciousness, you know? So I think, wow. I think that says that, a lot, right? It, about it, well, that. yeah, absolutely. That says quite a bit, honestly. Yeah. So, um, so where do you think had, we're if, going if next? If headlines were worth assault, that would have been a, uh, some sort of headline somewhere right there. Yeah. So where do you think we're going to go next in the UFO field? Like it's kind of a general question, but. 
We all know it's important to buy local and support local farmers. But how do you know you're buying local? Look for this Fresh from Florida logo. No one can see that on the radio. But this is streaming radio. If you're listening behind 27 windows or tabs, click on your streaming app. Well, wait a second. That's it. The warm sun, green farmlands, and blue waters of Florida. Now take a screenshot and use it to remind you to buy Fresh from Florida. Learn more at followfreshfromflorida.com. Take the steps to protect your life, home, and community at BeWildfireReadyFL.com. While spring is wildfire season in Florida, our state is at risk for wildfires almost year-round. Wildfire can burn more than just trees. Prevent and prepare for wildfire at BeWildfireReadyFL.com. Well, I'm kind of cynical in many ways. I'm an idealist, but uh, um, a realist. And it's historically... Uh, ufology has been plagued by infighting and pissing contests and not only that but government disinfo and insurgency uh you know like uh putting agents into the ufo community um that is not just a product of hysteria there's you know declassified documents that show that um in like the 60s and 70s um, the FBI was monitoring uh, certain UFO groups um, in, a, a, at the same time that they were monitoring Black Panther groups, among others as well. Hmm. You know, So this has been happening for a long time, and you bet your sweet ass it's still happening. Um, it just depends. Um, and I don't trust most of the figureheads like, you know, like Tom DeLonge and – uh, is not doing um, ufology any justice, I don't think. Um, and if anything, um, mm. getting mm. a rock star in the mix has just kind of uh, um, it's. He seems to become like he seems to have become a massive like propaganda arm for uh, and mouthpiece for wh- whoever's calling the shots. You know, um, it, because he's taking the word of so many. I mean, he sees things uh, reportedly like photos and documents, but I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, um, government psyops go so deep just on record, like without even going into conspiracy what ifs, um, they could be handing this guy just 100% bullshit and he's just taking it as truth. And that's what happens to so many people. Like um, it's, here's another thing is like in the UFO community, a lot of them um, are kind of focused on like this holy grail of getting class like government documents that have like the smoking gun or something, and and in a, you need an insider in order to do that. So, um, I'm very anti-establishment in general. That's why I don't really talk about politics because I understand that like my individual philosophies are so anti-establishment. I don't even know if it would work on the grand scheme. So I don't. Like I don't really talk about it one way or the other um, usually, but uh, um, yeah, I definitely don't trust people that are clamoring like crabs in a bucket to talk to government insiders. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. That seems like a yeah. real red herring, and, and that's what so much of the community is about. A well, lot yeah, of the times. and when he was up there too, I got to say, like when he was up there, he. Uh, he looked like, I mean, he looked like, he looked like he's about to fall apart, honestly. Who? Whitley Strieber? Not Whitley Strieber. Um, 
Blink-182 guy, DeLong, right? Oh, he Tom like, DeLong, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looked like right. he was just about to fall apart. Like, he was so nervous. I'm thinking, why the hell is a rock star that nervous, man? On a stage that has nobody but a virtual audience, something don't seem right about that. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, the whole thing is fishy. I don't know what's going on there, but I certainly don't trust it. Um, I, I like Jung, Jacques Vallée, and John Keel. Um, Jacques Vallée is the closest thing I'll get to someone who is, like, government related he's not affiliated he's not a government agent at all he's a physicist um but he's done um he's been asked to look at some of the different you know like project blue book type stuff here and there in the past um so um that's about as far as i'll get you know like um but if you become deeply embedded in the system I'm sorry, I, I, but you kind of seem to be a lost cause. Like anytime I've ever run across that, it always ends up as a lost cause. Like you can't trust people at that point because even if it's so easy to sell someone some uh, a bill of false goods and have them believe it, and then they just disseminate bullshit to everybody else they, without knowing it. Like it could have the best of intentions. Um, and you see that there's like the book and the documentary called Mirage Men. What's his name? Richard Doty. There's this whole story. Um, this was like an award-winning documentary. There's, it's out there for sure. Um, we gotta, um, we gotta go on the break. <clears throat> play a track. How long is this story? I want to hear this story though, so I don't want to cut I'll, you off. I'll tease it and then we'll talk about yeah, it more. Right. Um, but Richard Doty was a government agent, a disinfo mm -hmm. agent that got a hold of this guy that was doing UFO research and spun him this whole series of things in order to get it out to the UFO community. And this guy lost his damn mind, and it became a whole story. Yeah. I think I remember that, actually. I actually do think I remember that. Well, here's another track from the mind of the dive mind. Anthony Tyler, also the host of Black Hoodie Alchemy. The air is right here on the Fringe FM, and you can check out all the archives there and his League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. This is uh, Night Moves by M-U-T-T or Mutt. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We'll wrap this up. The phone lines are open. 1-800-588-0335. 1-800-588-0335. Stay with us. Back to Lighting the Void. I'm your host, Joe Roop, live here on the Fringe FM, broadcasting live here on March the 22nd. It's about 15 before midnight on the East Coast, and we are uh, talking to Anthony Tyler. DiveMind.net is the website. Black Hoodie Alchemy is the podcast, and um, I love it, man. I love having these talks with you, dude, because they they make me they make me feel better. You know, it's well, pretty I'm cool. happy to be on here, man. You're a very good friend of mine, like a brother from another mother. So it's uh, it's nice to have these conversations. And uh, um, at a certain point, like, you know, there's only a certain kinds of people that want to have really heady, weird, wild, philosophical conversations that are open ended. Um, and those are the pros of the Internet is, you know, in daily life, it's 
kind of hard to come across those people sometimes. But when you get us all together with the internet, there's a whole lot of us. And it's cool to just kind of like celebrate that in a small way, um, you know, because that's, again, that's why I do this. I'm just trying to contribute to the community. Like, um, I, I, uh, I've always been interested in this stuff. And, you know, some people just don't like talking and recording and like broadcasting and and yeah and so and there's no reason to do it but i enjoy it so i might as well you know yeah you definitely should and i think you should do a music show like once a month or something just log in to the fringe fm station and do a music show you know yeah like we'll just have to set that up i'd be happy to blast it i know you're a busy dude but it'd be cool to hear you do like a music show because we we do music and talk and that goes for anybody else out there like you got uh, you got a station that you can do this stuff. The airtime is dirt cheap, and you can do your own radio show. You can build your own community around it too, if you're good. And there's a little coach in there too to help you along. It's not like a here's the mic and just hope you do okay. <laughs> it's not like because I spent years, bro, talking, and I mean years. I, people don't understand the, the the hell I went through in that shack for about four years, just talking into the ether before it became anything you know i feel you man you gotta grind it out there's always you know you, uh, that's the alchemist way something from nothing right yeah yeah it's a sacrifice it was a major sacrifice you know and i'm always willing to sacrifice any like i have that sense of adventure that i'm willing to sacrifice weird things in life that people aren't to go after what i kind of want because i don't think that there is a limit to what we can experience or have or achieve I think that's all in us. I think that's all just an excuse, you know. There's always Mr. Smith that hangs around. It's like, you should follow the rules, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> and, you know, that kind of guy. But right. that's an illusion, man, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta go with your gut. Um, but um, where were we? Oh, yeah, the, the Richard Doty thing. You want to get into this a little bit? Yeah, we're getting... Uh, actually getting messages from the chat there's people just hammering on but yeah let's hear it okay okay so um i i pulled up i also sent you that link in the chat skype um i got for it. that song a uh, cool to go out with a banger um um not that we haven't played some bangers already but uh this uh this thing mirage men uh if i'm not mistaken this is based on the material from a book i'm like 99% sure. I'm just leaving that 1% for the small room there. But this is definitely a documentary, and that's what received the most attention. Uh, Richard Doty is a guy who – this is these things get so meta because um, – and just hard just conspiracy theories. It's, <laughs> it's just why the, it's a trip down the rabbit hole because if this guy is a CIA agent – and you know, for all intents and purposes, this is what the story seems to be. And I will explain it, but – when someone's outing themselves, even if they are retired, it still makes you wonder, like, is this part of the story, too? Is this still part of the PSYOP? But I digress. Um, so I'll read a little bit uh, from this Guardian article. Um, um, so the it, the, the, it focuses on Richard Doty, special investigations officer who admits to having infiltrated UFO circles. A fellow UFO researcher says, quote, Doty had this wonderful way to sell it. I'm with the government. You cooperate with us, and I'm going to tell you what the government really knows about UFOs deep down in those vaults, end quote. That's exactly what we were talking about before the break. Um, 
Dodi and his colleagues fed credulous ufologists lies and half-truths, knowing their fertile imaginations would do the rest. In return, they were apprised um, of chatter from the community, thus alerting the military when anyone was getting too close to their top-secret technology. And if the Soviets thought the U.S. was really communing with aliens, all the better. Um, the classic case, well-known to conspiracy aficionados, is Paul Benowitz, a successful electronics entrepreneur in New Mexico. In 1979, Benowitz started seeing strange lights in the sky and picking up weird transmissions on his amateur equipment. The fact that he lived just across the road from uh, Kirtland Air Force Base should have set alarm bells ringing, but Benowitz was convinced these phenomena were of extraterrestrial origin. Being a good patriot, he contacted the Air Force, who realized that, far from eavesdropping on ETs, Benowitz was inadvertently eavesdropping on them. Um, instead of making him stop, though, Doty and the other officers told Benowitz they were interested in his findings. That encouraged Benowitz to dig deeper. Within a few years, he was interpreting alien languages, spotting crashed alien craft in the hills from his plane uh, – he was an amateur pilot – and sounding the alert for a full-scale invasion. All the time, the investigators were surveilling him um, – surveilling them. The investigators were surveilling him, surveilling them, I repeat. Uh, they gave Benowitz computer software that, quote-unquote, interpreted the signals and even dumped fake props for him to discover. The mania took over Benowitz's life. In 1988, his family checked him into a psychiatric facility. And that's the gist of the story, but it goes into other details and even other people from there, but... That's that's a lot of some of the unsung material in ufology, unfortunately, like some weird Truman Show, almost psychological operations type thing. So that was kind of a rabbit hole from you asking me earlier on, where do I see the state of affairs in ufology going? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it just seems to be this kind of thing over and over again. And until people get tired of the the bigger and bigger dangling carrot of the government situation, whether it's PSYOP or half-truth or anything in between on a case-by-case -case basis, until we all get tired of that and start looking um, for, you know, more down the rabbit holes like are discussed in this UFO documentary I'm in, uh, we're never going to get to the bottom of anything. This is this like the this is the apex here. This is where all roads point to the the trans-physical nature of the UFO phenomena. Um, and again, I also reiterate, I don't think I'm not uh, preaching some sort of savior complex with the UFOs either. If anything, I think they're kind of trickster-ish. Um, but again, I think there's something to it. Um, but yeah, you just got to be careful out there, man. You never know who's selling what. And um, we got to take people on like a case-by-case -case basis. And I, 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 I think if people are, you know, associating too much with government insiders, and a lot of times if something is too good to be true, it probably is, right? Most of the time, but most of the time, sometimes things just are awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, I think um, people are there. There was a lot more of um, a like a black mark on the idea of the the like transphysical UFO, if you will, because I just hesitate to use the word spiritual. Um, honestly, because of that black mark that people like uh, cults like Heaven's Gate and others, there's been many, many others that have left on 
the idea of the spiritual UFO. Like you quickly, you take the Jungian concept of these being similar archetypes um, that serve different functions and have recurring motifs in different cultures. And you can easily take that and sell a line that um, what that means is that aliens are part of these spiritual archetypes and that means that aliens are the gods. And once you start doing that, you 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 you're able to like memetically sort of it's some weird like fail safe in the or like a loose spot in the system where UFOs are this thing for non-religious people to still get spiritual. You know, you see, yeah, see in a lot saying. of cases. Yeah, like atheist people who are like, no, no, the, the God, church, whatever. But you ask them about the possibility of UFOs, and they're like, yeah, let me show you my alien tattoo. You know, not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with that, but I think there's interesting to note what's going on there. It serves as a place marker in many ways, and and that's very human um, because the ET doesn't just serve as that place marker. I mean, you know, people bands and like music and artists or is that place marker sometimes it's just as a way for people to express themselves that's what a lot of it gets down to but in the end i think that that's what makes it so easy to take people for a ride and that's why you see ufos so prevalent in cults and in government propaganda because it's such an easy red herring and it it builds into people's mindset of um of a physical mysticism you know, people don't want to buy this whole angel mentality, but you tell them that um, advanced civilizations from other planets are using technology that might be on the same continuum as our technology if we keep going, that those people are coming and visiting us. I mean, theoretically, it does make sense. But like I said at the beginning of the show, you take into account the cooperation of civilizations and like the Kardashev scale of harnessing energy. I don't think that really this stuff holds up and then how long it would take and all the resources and if physical beings can actually withstand like maintaining themselves in space. Cause we see that astronauts wither away up there. There's a whole lot of flaws with space yeah, like, travel. Unfortunately. Yeah. There's some weird stuff going on up there too. And Scott beamed me up in the LTV telegram says, I was at a friend's and she was watching Gaia and Dodie was on and pretty much outed himself as an active DIA dude. Or is it, what did you mean to say CIA dude or DIA dude? Looks like CIA dude. Probably CIA. Cause I know he's gone on record. Like <clears throat> there's interviews with Richard Dodie in that documentary um, among others. So he's pretty much in his retirement gone out and given what he says is as much of the record as he can, as he's allowed to give um, within his own personal rights. Because one way or another, I don't remember his exact wording or anything, but it was pretty clear that um, he felt in some way bad about what happened to Paul Benowitz. Because they, they were just, they were ultimately trying to do their job. I'm not saying that I'm on board with it, but they weren't trying to psychologically destroy this guy. They didn't have a vendetta against him, and that's what happened. So. It's a pretty messed up story in general. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, um, well, we're at the top of the hour here, man. So if you guys want to, if you guys love what you're hearing with Anthony, you should definitely listen to Black Hoodie Alchemy on Monday nights here on the Fringe FM. Also, check out the podcast. It's on Anchor, but it's on every podcast player, too. You can go to mm -hmm. divemind.net and grab it as well. <clears throat> and 
anything else you want to promote before we play your last track here, brother? <laughs> um, Joe nailed most of it. Uh, check out my books, um, Hunt Manual and Dive Manual. My latest uh, podcast episode is about sleep paralysis, shadow people, sirens and siren songs, and dream entities. So you can go check that out. Um, a lot of horror and metaphysics and and things like that and alchemy. Um, thanks, everybody, to listening. And Joe, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure as always. More Babylon War Child coming up from Anthony Tyler. We'll do this music show again, too, and we'll uh, I'll try to find another guest and pick their brain about music. So if you're interested and you have people that, uh, because we do the talk shows most of the week, but if you have a person that you'd like to know whether they're in the UFO field, conspiracy, I don't care, and you want to know what their top five tracks to play was, if I put them on the spot, tell me. I'll try to get them on the air. All right? So here we go. This is Magento by Babylon Warchild. Go check out Black Hood. Magneto. Alchemy. Magneto, sorry. I put I said Magento <laughs> for some reason. Magneto. <laughs> My That's bad, funny. bro. Oh, uh, and and then, Scott uh, said in in the chat, uh, Richard Doty was Defense Intelligence Agency. Oh, def- DIA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still and weird. No less weird. My grammar needs some intelligence. All right. So here we go. Peace, everybody. Good night, y'all. Got no roll with them punches, make them lose lunches, knock them out in bunches, only going on a hunches, get them open like cavities, fighters turn casualties, lift them off their feet when the flow's any gravities, dispose any battling foes with bones rattling, phantoms known for anthem poems and no shattering, floor to the ceiling, any room in the building, we've been building since we children, now we villains with no feelings and we spilling, blood on the walls where we chilling and it's chilling, all the blood in the halls of the buildings, y'all are gimmicks, you hear the dragons call in the village in a minute, you won't be here at all, won't be living for that image, you try to give it all, but won't get it out of limits Pitch darker in the chronicles of Riddick, rhyme acidic The menace to society is in a slip the Guinness And drain the pine down till it's finished Diminish the rep of all the opponents in a scrimmage Each is finished, fistle, Popeyes, leave his head Problematic, dealing with my problems like a drunk food is average Treat a girl's dress like Timberlake, Paul and Janet Have a look and adequate, the gravel pit Consist of rock borders, all sort of pepper bricks Bam, bam, boogie whack, cause he's received cookies The dirty monsters robbed him, I'm jobs for cookies Quick four, five, stay alive in your street movies Autobiographies don't end with the credits We side with the pork and exhort cybernetics Young psychotic thugs assimilate my image In the barber parlor, money coming like spinach How you want me? Coming at you like Al-Qaeda The literal widower left your white 13 spiders Political prisoner, white 2K Yeah, survival impreventable Massacre be the cure to they virus Money be coming in large like elephantitis How you want me? Check it on my check inside the base motel I'm charging in your mansion Splattered on my canvas yells A thousand words from the souls What my picture tells Piggyback an angel Hit the bell my arms are Armageddon, arms of heaven reaching hell, flipping seven to hell. Got him taking your belt, I'm the diamond in the brick, shining under pressure, blood from the nose strips. Black guy feel like leather, sofa surfing on the game board, getting wavy. Babylon war, blocking the sun, shit is shady. Feel like Pac, I'm ready, wanna have my baby. Feel like Spider Man all over the web lately. Spitting ball with adultery, mean I'm the Hulk, turning green, drop the salt on your beef just to give you some flavor. I spit you out with traitors, look the universe on the verse, cause I'm the universal raider. I'm his associate, and sometimes shit I say is inappropriate. But the side effects of an opiate that's got me ready for war like a Soviet. No one told me how lonely it is at the top when you speak from the podium. Holy fuck, I feel like I am the only one rapping because everyone's shelled like petroleum. Like Vaseline, I said it. Don't make me tell you infidels where you can spread it, or the engineer recording me is gonna have to edit the part where I've been. Like, dude, you're so pathetic, my dude, you don't get it. Your flow is so 
right on, dude. Yeah. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you breaking news from the state of Florida. It's blueberry season! Fresh from Florida has the ripe, sweet blueberries you've been craving for cobblers, pancakes, and all your favorite homemade recipes. And best of all, buying fresh from Florida is a great way to support local farmers and jobs in our communities. You can find locally grown Florida blueberries in stores now. Just look for the sunny Fresh from Florida logo or ask for Fresh from Florida where you shop. Take the steps to protect your life, home, and community at BeWildfireReadyFL.com. While spring is wildfire season in Florida, our state is at risk for wildfires almost year-round. Wildfire can burn more than just trees. Prevent and prepare for wildfire at BeWildfireReadyFL.com.